I'll, I'll give you guys all this disclaimer. Vin is in Staten Island, New York, but we don't hold that against him. Because Staten Island, New York is actually the best borough. <laughs> <laughs> and people will argue with you about that all day long. It's like the East Bank and the West Bank in New Orleans. If you're on the West That's Bank, <laughs> you know, the people in the East Bank just don't understand. And if you're on the East Bank and, and you tell all those people in the West Bank, they're, they're so sad. Anyway. Well, <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell anybody who's listening. If, if, you, if you'd like, you could leave your tiny apartment, come to my three-bedroom house, and we could argue here. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hi, my name is Morris Sims, and I'm the host of the Business of Sales podcast, powered by Alego. Now, Lego is a sales enablement system that can help you streamline your tech from seven systems all the way down to one and save you well over 30% while you do it. So go to Alego.com and set up a demo. What have you got to lose except, well, maybe a whole bunch of stress? <laughs> Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. The purpose of the Business of Sales podcast is to provide you with information, principles, and concepts so that you can run your business more efficiently and effectively and profitably. That's it. It's just that simple. After working with and training business owners and sales professionals for over four decades, God, that sounds like a long time. I've come to a conclusion. Most of us need bites of information and ideas that we probably didn't know existed until we heard them. We don't need big 90-minute or two-hour discussions about how to sell or how to run our business. Most of us really and truly can't donate that much of our time to the cause of self-development each and every week. So I want you to hear from other people who run their businesses and people that can give you help in some way that's going to make it interesting and useful for you. Useful. Practical. That's my word. I love it. Let's get practical and give you something that you can use. Well, that being said, let's do it. Here we go. In today's world, you hear a lot about mindset, and, and there's a, a number of books and, and tapes and things and people out there talking about mindset. Our guest today is Vin Infante, and Vin is a master mindset coach and psychotherapist, and probably a lot of us need that help, with a passion for cultivating lasting change and maximizing results. That's what it says on his website, and that's what I believe is actually here with us today with Vin, because... He's a really neat guy, and I think you're going to really enjoy listening to him today. Vin, thank you for being on the business of sales. My man, Morris. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Now, I'll give you guys all this disclaimer. Vin is in Staten Island, New York, but we don't hold that against him. <laughs> because Staten Island, New York is actually the best borough. <laughs> <laughs> And people will argue with you about that all day long. It's like the East Bank and the West Bank in New Orleans. If you're on the West That's Bank, fine. you know, the people in the East Bank just don't understand. And if you're on the East Bank and, and you tell all those people in the West Bank, they're, they're so sad. Anyway. Well, I'll, I'll tell anybody who's listening. If, if, you, if you'd like, you could leave your tiny apartment, come to my three-bedroom house, and we could argue here. <laughs> Very good. More to come right after this. I've been talking about our sponsor, Alego, for some time now, and many of you have told me that you really are not sure just exactly what Alego is all about. So, okay, here we go. Here's the skinny on it all. You ready? Alego helps salespeople grow their results. 
It's a sales enablement platform that many companies use to support and train their professional salespeople. In this world that we live in, this, you know, the do more with less kind of an environment, well, Allego can help you consolidate seven different tools in your sales tech stack. And when you do that, you can save an average of 31%. Now, isn't that alone worth a personal demo? So go to Allego.com and schedule a demonstration at your convenience. Isn't it worth your time to learn a little more? And I sure would appreciate it if you would. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And right now, it's time to get on with the show. Very good. Outstanding. Oh, we can tell New York stories all day. Ben, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how you got into this world of coaching and psychotherapy together. Uh, that That is an interesting combination to me. Sure. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll leave some of my, my story out for, for one time's sake and for two, not many people care. And three, <laughs> everybody's already asked me my story 10 million times. And so yeah, you can yeah. listen to any other podcast about it. I'd rather really give some good value to everyone today. Excellent. So a part of what really got me into this was my childhood. I grew up, I was bullied. I was diagnosed formally with depression, anxiety, panic disorder. I struggled with suicidal ideation, some self-harm tendencies, and I was a victim living the worst possible life in my own mind. And realistically, my, my external world, aside from getting bullied, wasn't, wasn't terrible. You know, I had great parents. I had, um, I had very supportive, loving family. And it was just the other things that, that allowed me to stay in this level of victimhood that I couldn't figure out how to get out of for the life of me. Now, growing up, I always wanted to be a therapist because I always wanted to help people. I also always wanted to be a firefighter. I had two childhood dreams. My dad is a therapist, so I wanted to follow in his footsteps. And I wanted to be a firefighter because I'm pretty sure every young boy wants to do something like firefighter, cop, military, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the, the childhood, like, how can I be really cool kind of dream. And so as I got older, I had actually found ways to get myself out of victimhood and ditch the diagnosis and really step into creating the life that I wanted to. Now, part of that was really trying different things and seeing what I felt like not only my heart and mind were aligned to, but what I felt was going to be the most impactful thing I could possibly do to serve people. And so I've never been married to a specific way of serving. I've just always wanted to help. So in my time as a psychotherapist, I spent about 10 years trying out every different setting. So I was an inpatient, outpatient, hospitals, clinics, homeless shelter, private practice, department of education. I did applied behavioral analysis. I was a traveling home therapist. And I felt like, you know, therapy's good and I love it, but I also feel like it might be missing something. Why are so many people stuck in this for 10 to 20 years, not really seeing any changes or results in their life? and still struggling with the same stuff. How come they can't get out of it? And so I felt like there had to be a better way. Now, at the same time as I was quitting traditional psychotherapy, I was becoming a firefighter, and I stumbled upon life coaching. And I said, wow, there's something really interesting in here. But I also learned about life coaching through Tony Robbins. And so I went and I got my coaching certification under Tony Robbins' training program, and I said, wow, this is phenomenal stuff, but it leaves out another really big piece, right? It still leaves out people's pests because that's really where a lot of people's problems come in. And now I thought, wouldn't this be great if it just had a little bit more where you could dig around in people's past and really create lasting change? 
And then I thought to myself, huh, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I decided to create a very unique, almost one of a kind. I'm pretty sure this is exactly what Tony Robbins does. But in my view, in my world, and, and most other coaches, consultants, or therapists, they don't really bridge the modalities like I do. So I've created this very unique take on implementing aspects of therapy, mentoring, and coaching to help people achieve holistic transformation in a lot quicker time than 10 to 20 years. Some people, it's about three months, six months, realistically. It's about how fast and far we can move with the tools we utilize. And I saw a big need in the in the world to really change how we are receiving and implementing mental health. And that's really what sparked me creating this type of service, especially at this time, because I feel like now mental health is really pushing and people are really interested in it. But there's so much information out there. There's so much going on. And there's also a lot of stuff that doesn't work. So I really aim to try and be different. And the mission is, Morris, the mission is to impact 1 billion lives positively through not only my coaching, but speaking and all these other cool things I'm trying to do. Oh, man, that's fantastic. That is that is amazing. It's also amazing how many of us uh, went through that whole process of being bullied uh, I was the smallest kid in the class because mom put me in school a year before I should have gone. And, you oh, know, boy. when you're the smallest boy in the class, somebody's going to pick on you and oh, you yeah. got to figure out how to do it and it, uh, how to live with it. That's, yeah, we could talk about that the rest of the day. It's one of the I still think one of the saddest things that uh, goes on in the human world. Um, and I wish there was a way to stop it. Anyway, the um, the whole idea of the way you help people, Vin, is just amazing. Now, our audience is probably mainly, you know, business owners and folks who are out there as professional salespeople that chances are their income comes directly from and only from what they're able to, to sell every day. How do you how do you help business owners get a handle on that that feeling of overwhelm, that feeling of I've got so much to do and I never can stop. And how can I ever get out of this? And I can't take a vacation because I'm just, you know what I mean? Does that make sense to you? Oh, a hundred percent. I see it all the time. That's, that's a lot of what my clients deal with. Same, same as, as the people you're describing right now. Well, give us some, give us some practical ideas. Where do we start with somebody like that? Yeah. Well, so this is, this is why I love implementing the aspects of therapy, right? Because so many people are so subconscious with the things that they're doing. And a lot of what you just described is almost running on a subconscious programming. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when you look at different levels in business and leadership, if you study about it or even if you just work with a lot of high performers, that's what I would call my clients. They're all high performers. And when you see high performers, they typically start out in all the same way. They work as hard as they can. They take every opportunity. Everything's a yes. No time for themselves or anything else. And then that starts making them some level of successful, right? Could we agree on that? Absolutely. Perfect. And so that's level one. The problem is a lot of people, and this is now human psychology, is what we do is we do things over and over and over and we repeat behaviors and we take the same actions and we form habits around what we perceive reward and value in. Mm -hmm. So when you do this type of thing where you're overwhelming yourself and that's what makes you successful, there's two things that wind up happening. One, that has a time limit. 
You can't do that forever. And number two is that if you want to scale up, you have to start stepping out. And so people have stepped into this, this place in their mind where they can't step out because they are so, cons- they are so certain that if they want to continue to become more and more successful and keep growing, they have to continue to do these behaviors because this is what made them successful in the first place. And so now it's about understanding their internal operating systems. It's about understanding how have you wired your brain? How have you got your neurons to fire together, which is how we basically can form these patterns and habits and tell ourselves like this is what we need to do. And then once we really start understanding that, what we could start doing is challenging them on, okay, well, if you want to get this level of benefit, right? Like if you would like to, I don't know, scale the company, what would it mean to take on a, maybe a business partner or an equity partner or an associate or build a team, right? How would we start creating systems and processes around that? In fact, how can you start replicating yourself into other people so that you feel comfortable and confident being able to step out and start working on the business instead of in the business? Oh, Michael Gerber. There you go. <laughs> oh, right on. Right on. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So what do I do differently? Uh, then where do I start? If I'm, if I'm that guy, where do I, where do I start? You know, cause I mean, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So what's that one bite that, that people in that position who find themselves in that position should, should begin to take to walk down the road of getting healthy. So one thing I have all my clients do when we're looking to start stepping out and scaling up is I have everybody write down all of the things that they're currently doing in the business, Mm -hmm. right? So what are your current tasks? What are your current responsibilities? What must you continue to do? What, what could you potentially delegate, right? And somebody who's not used to delegating is going to say, I can't delegate anything. I have to do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'll have them write out this big list of responsibilities. And one of the tools and resources that I always recommend, it's not one that I've created, but I love the management matrix. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. Tell me more. Oh, oh, great. Now I'm teaching you and the audience something. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Hey, I learned more from my guests than I do anywhere else in my life. That's incredible. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so the management matrix, everyone could go out and should go out and Google this. Now, we utilize the management matrix to understand what it is that we should and should not be doing. Now, it's a very interesting thing. There's four quadrants in it. And we have, you know, I I don't want to go too deep into it, right? Because everybody could Google it. But essentially, in these four quadrants, you're going to see that some of them are saying, okay, well, this is time wasters. These are emails. These are processes we shouldn't really focus on. And then there's going to be one where it's more like, these are the tasks that will grow the business. These are building relationships, communications, you know, taking care of your mental health, et cetera. So what I have my clients do is once they write down all the things they're doing in a day, right? Because people's biggest thing with not being able to have time is they don't understand how they're spending it. So we want to create a lot of awareness, write down all your responsibilities, et cetera. Then based on the descriptions in the management matrix, which I'll personally go through people, we'll start plugging it in. And then we could look at and see, wow, which quadrant are you operating the most out of? Now, for everyone who's curious, the sweet spot, the best quadrant you want to be in in the management matrix is quadrant two. It's the most important quadrant. I always tell people you want to get yourself about 80 to 85% of the time in quadrant two. 
Because if you're operating in that quadrant, what winds up happening is chances are the business, your personal life, everything is going a lot smoother. If you're operating in three or four, you're probably wasting tons of time with menial tasks that should be delegated out. And if you're operating in quadrant one, you have not set up the proper processes and systems, which means you are running from fire to fire, which means you can never build your business because nobody could take care of fires except for you. And so that's one of the ways I try to really start getting people to just understand even where they're at in their business, how they're spending their time, and what do we need to start shifting to get out of this quadrant and into this quadrant and move from this one to that one. So it will be a little bit of a process that, that I usually go through people and walk them through it. But that would be where I suggest people start. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I mean, let's get a picture of the big picture. What what actually is going on here and where am I spending my time and my energy? Because mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but when, I've done that. And, and when I did, it was like, Morris, why are you doing $5 an hour work? I guess today it's $15 an hour work, but, but why are you doing, why are you doing this stuff that you could so easily hire somebody else to do and they could probably do it faster and better than you can. It's, it's yeah. the same reason that Vin, I don't cut my own grass anymore. I haven't for years, <laughs> haven't for years, haven't planted a plant or put down mulch or any of the rest of that stuff. I have folks that I can hire that can do that, and they do it a lot faster and a lot better yep. and with a lot less pain than if I try and do it. <laughs> it's just incredible. hundred <laughs> you percent. Know, I mean, I'd be out of work for a week or two if I went out there and tried to do all that mess. It's just, yeah. it's incredible. But, you know, it's when you, when you step, stop and you look at it and you say, gee, I really am more important than, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? But in my business, no. I am more important working on the things where my expertise comes into play. And that's not filing stuff and editing podcasts and, and doing the other things that I hire people to do. And sure. I, think, I think everybody needs to take a look at it with that kind of point of view, don't you? Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, two things come to mind when you're talking about this, right? Two things that I always talk about is one, cost analysis, right? And opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. And number two is learning about your, your strength zone or your zone of genius, whatever we want to call it. I've heard it called yeah. multiple things. Yeah. And, and it makes a lot of sense because when you look at really successful people, they don't do much. <laughs> they really, you know, you don't see wildly successful business owners mowing their lawn no, and yeah. doing housework and cooking. You see them saying, hmm, if I could save two hours doing my lawn, if I could save two hours cooking and cleaning, if I could save an hour and a half on laundry, if I could save, you know, 30 minutes from doing little things around the house, I just saved five to six hours. Now, what is the opportunity that I could create from utilizing that five to six hours? Because if it cost me, let's just say $700 to delegate out all of that, but I could use five to six hours and potentially land, I don't know, let's just say three clients at $1,000 each. You just, you made a really good investment, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. simplifying those things. It's just, it, it makes so much sense when you stop and look at it and get above the fact of, or above the concern that, wait a minute, if I hire an assistant, then I've got to find out a way. I've got to make sure I can pay her, you know, or him X number of dollars. And I don't know where that's going to come. I'm not sure I can. And you get into this 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 weird cycle because I've been there recently, 
where, mm. you know, okay, but if I did that, things would get better. But right now it's not there, and I don't know where the money's going to go. How am I going to get and, – and you get into this weird cycle, Vin, where – you can't you can't get out. It's a loop. It's like a computer loop that that I, I don't know what to do. How do you right. get out of that? How do you get out of that cycle of well, I can't afford it. I know I need to do it, but I can't afford it. If I did it, I could make more money. Yeah, but I can't afford it. How do you get past that? So I mean, I always like to I, everything I do with people is getting very granular into the finer details. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned very briefly the strength zone. First thing I do is I have people look into that too, right? And the strength zone is summed up with three questions. What do you love to do? What do you want to do? What are you good at? Once you find that trifecta, you're going to know what your most powerful things are. In fact, you should do that for every employee you have because some people put the wrong employees or the right employees in the wrong spots. And then they're like, oh, this guy isn't performing. Well, yeah, yeah, because you're denying him of his strength zone because you think he should be there, but he's actually really good at this right and, so, and and he really and he really hates what he's doing that you put him in but <laughs> exactly exactly i always listen i always point a finger at leadership whenever an, an employee is underperforming i'm like it's your fault first once yep. we prove it's not your fault we could say it's them but yep. until then we're gonna have a rigorous rigorous look at how you've been a leader and then we'll say it might be the employee Isn't but that the truth? that's that's where i try to tell people first find your strength zone and then the second part to answer your question more is again getting granular. Okay. All these things you're doing, right? You can't afford an assistant, let's say. Now let's write down all the things you're doing. How many hours is it taking you? And then we look at what are your biggest money-making activities? How many hours would that take you, right? And usually what we'll see is there's a very nasty overlap. And I say a nasty overlap because we'll see the menial tests that you're doing are taking you four to five hours, and the money-making activities that you'd be doing could also take you four to five hours. And so we look at, okay, let's just say you hire an assistant, for argument's sake, super easy numbers, going to cost $500 a month, right? Probably not, but sure. 500 a month. Now, if you were to gain back five hours per week or maybe even 10 hours per week once we found that your assistant could, could free that up for you, how much more could you sell? Right. And so what it starts to become is not is not how can I afford this? It's more how can I afford to not do this Mm -hmm. when the opportunities that rise up from freeing up my time can literally have me almost two to three xing my money because now I have a better system and a better process and I could do the things that are operating in my strength zone because chances are. It might even be taking you five hours because you're not good at it and you're where you hate it. And (laughs) so somebody that's an expert could come in, free up your five hours and only take them two. (laughs) It's amazing. I think back when I I think of the lawn example, I think back of living in Little Rock, Arkansas. And we had a a very nice little house there and it was a beautiful lot, but it was on quite an incline. The house was on quite the the lot just really did slope back toward the house and out the back back backyard. And luckily, I was a whole lot younger than I am today because I, I think about that. I, gee, I used to push that dead gum lawnmower up and down that hill. <laughs> it took me most of the day Saturday. Most of my entire Saturday was spent out there pushing the lawnmower, weed eating the yard, cleaning up all the clippings and everything, then getting all personally cleaned up and, and showered and all, and then collapsing yeah. for the rest of the day because I was exhausted. Yeah. Took me all day. 
I hired some folks and we moved to Texas. I hired some folks in Texas. They showed up with their little trailer. All of a sudden, five pieces of equipment come off the trailer and five guys. And within 20 minutes, my grasses cut the weeds are eaten and the, the, uh, you know, the, the grooves are cut around the, the, it, it was amazing. It was just incredible. And they did it all in about 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, right? And, I, and listen, I tell you, I'm, I'm not, I'm not against if people want to do stuff themselves. Like if oh, yeah. it's truly your hobby, yeah. right? Like if you're like, I am a gardener, I got the greenest thumb. I'm so proud of my plants. Then cool, man. Spend four to five hours gardening. If that's your thing, do it. And but enjoy the, me, and enjoy the hell out of it. Have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But for me, I delegate everything out. I don't want to do, I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to do grass. It doesn't make sense to me. Why am I going to spend all of this time doing things that quite frankly, I don't really care about. And, and I could pay a little bit for on the, on the front end so that I could do more of the things I should and want to be doing, like growing my business and, mm-hmm. and meeting new people and yeah. jumping on podcasts, right. Or getting clients like, It just doesn't make sense where people are sitting here trying to save pennies when those pennies are are ridiculous because my mom always said the saying, right? Don't be penny wise and dollar foolish. And to me, when you're not delegating, you are being penny wise and dollar foolish. Mm -hmm. You won't spend a few pennies to make dollars. And so your business and and even your your mental health is probably going to suffer, right? Because you're stressed. I don't have the money. I can't make it. I'm stressed on time, yada, yada. And so – it, it just never made sense to me. I've always been so quick to delegate things out. <laughs> well, it's, it's fun, but it, I, I love what you said, though. If you love gardening, get out there and go go be a gardener. I just recently built a cedar raised planting bed for my, my wife and my grandson to go plant flowers in. And it's, ah. a, you know, it's about three or four feet off the ground because that keeps him and, frankly, keeps my wife from having to kneel down and be out there in the dirt. Sure. Hopefully, hopefully it's going to keep Peter Rabbit out as well. I'm not convinced of that part yet. But um, the the point is this. You can buy a raised planter bed, Vin. Uh, Amazon's got a whole bunch of them. And oh, Am- yeah. And Amazon knows our, our address. They know our – the Amazon drivers know me by name. You know, <laughs> I mean, if they don't come to our house every day, they stop by and say, y'all all right? It's right. just – it's incredible. But I love to do woodworking. So I found a plan for it, and I said, honey, what would you think of this? She said, that looks great. Why don't we do that? I went out, bought the wood, put it all together. And when I added up how much I spent to do that, I realized that I spent probably at least one and a half to two times what it would have cost me to buy a similar planter on Amazon. Happy Thursday. I hope you'll pardon this interruption. My name is Katie Silvestri. I'm Morris's daughter, and the executive producer for the Business of Sales podcast. I'm here because I needed to say thank you. Thank you to every single one of you who has liked, shared, followed, or posted, or commented about the Business of Sales podcast. It's because of you we've reached a big milestone. You see, today, right now, is our 200th episode, and it's all thanks to those of you who are following and liking and commenting on the Business of Sales episodes. So thank you. Thank you for your time and for your devotion to our podcast. We really do appreciate it. Now, let's get back to Vin and Morris. But I had a great time doing it. It cost me more. It took my time, but 
I had a great time doing it. And now I can say, look at what I built. And it, it's just, it's so much fun to do that. So, yeah, 100%. I'm with you. I'm with you there, man. Oh, yeah, totally. Listen, there's this guy on, on the block I live on, right? I, I think he's retired. He spends pretty much all day every day just doing stuff on the block. Mm -hmm. And and so it's funny, right? Because if you're being, if you're, if, if you're in your own personal monologue, right? Like I remember when I first, when I first moved in here and I saw this guy and I'm like, this guy is just wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, this guy's he's out there. He's literally sweeping everybody's sidewalk. He's, he's like, he's like gardening the whole neighborhood, like walking around, like picking, picking weeds out of like just things on the side, like other people's lawns and stuff. And at first I was like, that's crazy. I would never do that. But then of course, when you take a step back and you realize like this guy enjoys it, right? He's, he's very proud of the appearance of his house. He's out there changing the flowers mm -hmm. for every holiday. He's making sure he has different lawn ornaments, right? And then, and then you could start stop being judgmental and you could start appreciating that people find joy in certain things, right? And, and it's just about realizing that like you don't, if you don't find joy in it, cool, don't do it, delegate it out. But if somebody's really passionate about it, like do it or, or admire them for doing it. And, and I think that's where some people get a little bit stuck, right? Because then some people are like, ah, maybe I shouldn't garden for four hours. It's like, why? Do you like gardening? Go garden. If that's your thing, do it. But if you're sitting there and you're like, I hate gardening. I'm sitting here. I'm doing this crap. I don't even care. That you need to delegate. Incredible. Incredible. I bet this guy even, even shovels snow for you. Oh, yeah, he does. He has a snowplow. He literally walks up and down the whole block. Uh, not plow, sorry. One of those, you know, the push things. Yeah. And he yeah. does everybody's. Like, all the neighbors, just, that's it. You know, everybody knows him. He'll see you out. He'll come. He'll just walk up to your house, like, while you're sitting there on the stoop or, or as soon as you're walking out, he'll just see you. He'll come walk over. Ah, how's the day going? Yeah. And and he's just he's just a guy that enjoys community and the neighborhood and gardening and you know, he's retired and that's what he does. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it gives having a hobby, having a passion, it gives you purpose and purpose helps with mental health. Mental health helps you move seamlessly in other areas of your life. So whatever that thing is, like do it for me. I, when I grew up and I got bullied and I had no friends or anything, I, I used to play tons of video games and I got super competitive. I used to play very amateur, like local tournaments, things like that. And I tell you, man, I still love video games. I'll find some time. I'll make some time, actually. I will make some time to play video games for an hour or two here or, or two hours there because I absolutely love it. But, you know, it's not like I am destroying my whole life or, or totally engrossed in it either, right? So achieving some level of balance with your hobbies. Wow, that's that's so incredible and so very healthy and, and so much the right thing to do. Hey, Vin, we're about out of time here, but I wanted to ask you one last question, if I may. Sure. Hey, you, you've given us such great practical things that we can can look at and hang on to, but and if I may just stretch out and ask for one more. Give me one yeah. more thing on your mind that you would tell business owners to do to improve their effectiveness and efficiency because you've given us some great practical things already. One more, Vin, what do you think? Hmm. I think one thing that that's always super interesting is I like to tell people about my five aspects of self mastery and internal leadership, uh, because I pair them both together. You see the whenever you're experiencing in life, what we know about the world, for instance, is that we don't actually see the world as it is, we see it as we are. Now, mm -hmm. 
that could be said about everything, your life and your business. If you're aware that there are some things going on in your life or your business that you are not happy with, chances are that there's something within you that's causing it to be that way. So I always ask people, if you want to start achieving a different level of life, you need to start learning how you can gain a level of control. What kind of control or what things would you like to see happen in your life? Write that down. And then I like to tell people there's five, only five things we can control in this life. And those five things are this, your thoughts, your emotions, your language, your behaviors, and your actions. So if something in your life is not adding up to give you a favorable outcome, you want to ask, what does it fall into maybe within those five categories, mm -hmm. right? When I say language, it's how you describe and speak about life. So maybe you're constantly talking crap about your life. Well, if you feel like you're always talking crap about your life, change the language. Maybe you're feeling like you're not happy. Okay, well, what's the emotion that you're embracing more than not? What would you like to embrace? What kind of emotion? Would it be happiness, joy, excitement? Think about that. And then ask yourself, what kind of behaviors or actions or what would someone say if they wanted to have more of that emotion? In fact, how would they live it out? And challenge yourself to become more of what you want than more of what you currently have. And the best way to do that ties into the aspect of internal leadership. Leadership is not about a title or a position. It's about the identity you carry for yourself. Who do you believe yourself to be? And who do you believe yourself to become? And when you get that really in sync, you can actually start creating massive change in life, right? Because what I say by identity is everyone has roles. So I'm a father, for instance. I have a daughter. Now, if I want to be an amazing father, the identity of father can extend to what? And that's what I have to ask myself. What would an amazing father look like? Well, he would probably be present. He would probably be very loving and understanding and caring and compassionate. He'd probably be considerate. He would do things for his daughter that make her happy. And he would go out of his way to help her out. So now that I kind of outlined what that ideal father looks like, now the question is, is goes back to the five aspects of self-mastery. And you start saying, how can I apply these things to become this person? Mm -hmm. And once you start doing that, you're going to start seeing your whole world change. Because life doesn't change because, you know, the economy got better or politics changed or, you know, the guy at Starbucks started being nicer to you. <laughs> the world changes when you change, mm -hmm. because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Say that again. I like that. If you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at change. Isn't that the truth? Right? And it's all perspective. And if you start, if you shift focus and look at the flower instead of the dead, the dead mouse, <laughs> you're going to see a beautiful flower. That's it's right. not to neglect the dead mouse. It's just to say, I'm electing to pay attention to the beauty in the world because what's beautiful in this world is just as available as what's ugly in this world. But is your choice which one you want to put more emphasis on. How true. How absolutely true. Vin, you've been a lot of fun, man. I really have enjoyed speaking with you and, and listening to you share your ideas and your thoughts with us because you've given us some really good practical stuff and that's that's the stuff i love the most is when it's something i can actually go out and do and make a change in my business and in my life thanks sin for being a part of the business of sales today thanks for having me morris it was a great time and i appreciate the invite
Well, you're more than welcome. For everybody else out there, y'all know what to do. Go out there and find somebody new to talk to. Somebody you haven't talked to yet, go out there and meet them. You know, there are a lot of people you would like to meet, but you haven't met yet. So who are they? And who can introduce you to those folks? Get out there and stretch out because there's nothing to nothing to stop you, and there's certainly no reason to be afraid. Go have a great day. Enjoy your work and enjoy your day and your family. I'm Morris Sims, and I'll see you again next time right here on the business of sales.